I, it is funny to see in an all SEC schedule. It is nice. It's like getting your Louisiana Monroe anyway. Like you kind of get like that's not obviously Arkansas is better than Louisiana Monroe, but in the context of the SEC only, Arkansas is basically Louisiana Monroe. What's up, Georgia Bulldogs fans? The SEC has announced their truncated 10-game all-conference football schedule for the 2020 season. And on this episode, the three of us share our thoughts on not only the teams that the dogs will face off against, but also the timing of when those games will take place. So welcome to episode 237 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined via Zoom by my two co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach, for this quick reaction episode for the SEC schedule. And in that case, since this is a quick reaction podcast episode for the SEC schedule, let's just jump on into it. So yeah, here's Tony and Will to kick it off. All right, guys, we have a schedule. I'm so excited, even if it's just hypothetical at this point. What's that matter? We have a schedule. Listen, I I made a vow to myself that I am going to be nothing but positive on this podcast. I'm going to unleash my inner Duval and that I will be uh, positive in the face of overwhelming evidence Not that the other direction is the correct direction. I'm going to be positive uh, in the face of all of that. Uh, I, I, do, I will say this. I do think it is a lot more likely that these games will happen than Justin Fields' petition is going to have any effect at all. I will put it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, so <laughs> just one, one brief news note before we plow through the schedule real fast. Um, I think the, the Big Ten's in a weird place right there. Now it looks like there was not even a vote. It was just like the, the, commissioner, the commissioner was like, eh, we, we have two schools that don't want to do it, but I think everybody else is on board. <laughs> So they're they're, feel, they're feeling the loss of Delaney right now. I don't yeah. Think well, I mean, I think, Warren and whatever Warren's just started, like, but like Delaney's thing, like the thing that Delaney was known for, other than getting television contracts, was getting everyone on board all the time. You can make a pretty good argument that's the job of any commissioner of any league yeah. is to make sure that everyone is on the same page before you do anything. And that does not appear to be the case. So again, that could also be. I feel like a lot of this. There was no vote. Could be a lot of school presidents being like, oh, what? No, it wasn't us that canceled the season. Don't get mad at me, coach. Like, it feels like there's a little bit of that going on. Uh, but uh, we, don't, we don't have to get the particulars of that decision because that season's not happening. We are not getting the Illinois game two weeks from Thursday. So let's not waste our time talking about divisions that are definitely not going to uh, – conferences that are definitely not going to play. Let's talk about the conferences that are very unlikely but still might possibly play. So let's talk about – At these. least are scheduled. Yeah, and as and as excited as you might have been seeing Georgia get Arkansas as the week one draw, then you see week two, three, and four. Not to jump ahead of ourselves, but I was kind of uh, gobsmacked when I saw that. That's a pretty tough opening. Yeah, okay. So Will has not – I mean, he has had other things – I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it now. I've on. seen it. So uh, why don't I, what I'd like to propose is, since I normally try to do this, I'd like to at least take a shot at, as we walk through these to look at – which one's going might be the CBS game? At least guess. I like that. Um, just because it's something I normally do, and now that we have an actual schedule, it's not that going to be that terribly hard. Um, and also, just like instant impressions, because Scott, I'm with you. The only thing I'm truly disappointed in is they didn't move Georgia Florida to the end of the season, uh, and we can talk about that when we get there. Um, but you know, 
it's Jacksonville, it's Jacksonville. Anytime after October 15th, it could be 87 degrees, it could rain. Uh, so, and be very cold. So, um, you know, the, the one thing that, that has driven a lot of the narrative is Arkansas and how much uh, it feels like Greg Sankey hates Sam Pittman. And, um, you know, he, that's not, that's, I mean, dude. <laughs> okay, fine. You get Georgia, you get them at home. Uh, that's, if you think about how the schedule makers, that's not a terrible thing. Pittman was a coach here, beloved here. Um, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. That game makes a lot of sense. Uh, the one thing I'm disappointed in is I'm not going to be able to go to Doe's Eat Place and sit and eat uh, a ribeye and have bourbon before you walk over to the stadium. But, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that game. Actually, the first week was, eh, it was fine. It was. Yeah, it was very light. Yeah, very it was, light. It was, it, you know, put it in movie parlance, Will, it was like, you know, late spring but before the summer blockbuster kind of releases like yeah i could <laughs> yeah. go spend eight dollars on this and and be perfectly yeah. fine calling that a weekend um yeah it's the it's the random netflix movie with two stars but no premise <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes like project power, like project power right? <laughs> yeah. but georgia does get to face off against felipe franks one more time because he's <laughs> the quarterback at arkansas yeah I'd forgotten he was a quarterback at Arkansas. Uh, let me ask you, Tony, because Georgia's breaking in either transfer Jamie Newman. It doesn't look like it's going to be JT Daniels, but they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Wouldn't you rather face Sam Pittman, new coach, breaking in a transfer quarterback who Georgia had good success against when he was at Florida in week one? Yeah, I think the schedule sets up nicely for Georgia in this way. And if you th- that was other observation I'm gonna, uh, going to make about the first week. It's it's not an unfair criticism that it looks like the SEC is protecting the teams that are most likely to make the college football playoff uh, between Florida and their opening game, Alabama, their opening game, LSU, their opening game, even A&M. So you, um, you, you hit the nail on the head there. And you know, a lot of people, and we'll have a time to break this game down as we get closer, providing, of course, that it's a thing that we, we, we get to do, is that I, I, would, I would go ahead and advocate that if Jamie Newman's our starter, he plays every snap. It doesn't matter what the score is because <laughs> the next three weeks or something else. I, it is funny to see in an all-SEC schedule. It is nice. It's like getting your Louisiana Monroe anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. You kind of get – like that's not, obviously, Arkansas is better than Louisiana Monroe. But in the context of the SEC only, Arkansas is basically Louisiana Monroe. So it's nice to be able to have that. It is nice. Well, I mean, you know, it's – it's a fair argument to make between Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Arkansas being the worst team in the conference, but I, I, I would say it's Arkansas. I mean, I mean, if Vanderbilt has players keep deciding not to play, it becomes Vanderbilt. But uh, if they're they're playing with sixty six scholarship players, but you know, it's I mean, they were zero eight last year. Um, so you know, it's it's it is a. I and mean, we could on the t- September twenty seventh, we could be having a very much oh my god, I can't believe that just happened conversation. It is the SEC, but when you look at the schedule and look at all the teams Georgia has to face, give me yeah, a road game out, get that out of the way, and also Arkansas. I mean, the, the talent disparity there is a, an awful lot. It's and before everybody, yeah, but South Carolina's me is way. I mean, Arkansas and South Carolina are just f- that far off. Um, so I mean, it is a it's a good opener for Georgia. 
it's it's funny when you look at the rest of it. Uh, now that I've looked at it, and it turns out there's actual uh, pretend games on here. Uh, if you ordinarily in the in the in the normal year when the, what what was supposed to happen was going to happen, the idea of basically Alabama was your hey if you win this game you're in like great shape the rest of the way. If you lose this game, you can still take care of business and get to where you want to go. What's interesting now is now all of a sudden that Auburn game feels. Like that's now a must win. Like Auburn is like in, in every possible way because the idea of of having that and still facing Alabama and Florida is extremely daunting. And I think I think if if you can get through Florida with one loss, and frankly, we'll see how this year goes if it goes. Of course. I feel like two losses could still get you in the SEC championship game. So uh, it, it is such an unusual year because you know Florida's schedule is did not get easier uh, through through uh, through the adding of the team. So it's interesting to see how basically if they can get through Florida at, like after November seventh, it frankly won't be that different from a regular year, right? <laughs> if you get through November seventh, uh, you're uh, with one loss, you're in the SEC championship. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly why I was. I found it interesting they did not put Georgia-Florida at the end of the season. Look, when you skipped over the the 31st uh, and had Georgia open there, I was, okay, we're not going to have, we're not open in front of Florida. Fine, you're, we're going to put us later later in the season. Um, it didn't happen that way, but it's just, as far as compelling matchups go, um, I, I guess on the other hand, um, you know, if you look at Florida, they, they finish up with a, a fairly tough game in Tennessee um, at Tennessee so you know Georgia has Vanderbilt so you could end up in a situation and I think you're I think you're right will you still can lose two games and end up in the SEC championship um, now that now that Florida's schedule has been enhanced um, that you, yeah you, you you add in you add in that that am game for them so um, the thing that scared me especially in the first four weeks of the schedule is that Tennessee game third sandwich between Auburn and Alabama because everything we've heard in the offseason is about how they're the up-and-coming. I mean, granted, they're the up-and-coming every year, and then they tend to fall flat on their face. But but even still, regardless, the fact that Tennessee's going to be coming into Sanford the week after Auburn comes into Sanford, the week before Georgia has to go to that Alabama game, that that's pretty scary to me. I would have much rather seen South Carolina – early in the season, and that's another double whammy because as Tony and Will and I have said for years, you'd rather get South Carolina early in the season before they get some kind of confidence. I mean, in a normal world also, you could be looking at South Carolina with interim head coach situation. Um, I, I don't think – no, but you could. I mean, I'd look, you know, there, there, is, there is a level of heat on, on Will Muschamp there, um, and they, you know, they – the, the schedule actually helps them some too. Um, you know, they still, obviously they've got to be, you have to think they have to beat both Georgia and Florida to have a shot at getting there. Um, of course, if they beat both Georgia and Florida, they probably should be in the SEC East champion or be in the SEC East representative in the championship game. Um, so, you know, when you look at just, it's just games you want to circle though. Georgia-Alabama game, that's going to be a CBS game, right? I mean, that's going to be a CBS 8 p.m. game. Yeah, so when you look at that weekend, um, the that's also LSU and Florida. Uh, I guess conceivably that game could be the 8 p.m. game, but that feels like the 3.30 game. Um, uh, you know, they 
they also, you know, they put LSU in Alabama um, uh, in that game is actually in um, that game is actually in uh, Baton Rouge this year. Uh, there aren't there aren't any games that jump off the page at you other than that game that weekend. Um, I guess you know conceivably Tennessee Texas A and M could be that game. So you know if if CBS decides they they want to renegotiate to move that to to 8 p.m. because originally that game was September 19th that was going to be the 8 p.m. weekend block um, the doubleheader for CBS and that game you know, it's almost virtually guaranteed Georgia at Alabama would have been the 8 p.m. game um, but when when you look if you yeah you know, we're nowhere near making predictions yet but if you if you come to the open date at at five and one, I, I'm with Will. You have to think that, okay, Georgia, you can. I feel pretty good about Georgia playing in the SEC championship game uh, because I, I think and we haven't because we've spent a lot of bandwidth worrying about other things. I haven't really taken time to, to talk about how I feel about Florida. I, it feels like me that a lot of people pick in Florida just because it's a contrarian pick and you want to pick somebody different. Um, I, yeah, they're they're a good football team. I'm not gonna. I will not poo-poo that. Um, but there's nothing out of Kyle Trask that makes me think that it is a. Um, there's nothing out of Kyle Trask that makes me think that he is significantly better and will lift Florida's offense in a way that Georgia's defense didn't outdo last year. And I think, like you get six weeks in, seven weeks in, I just think Georgia will be at least as good as they were on offense last year, and probably better. Um, I mean, they could be worse, but I think they'll be at least as good as they were, and that was that was plenty good to handle Florida. You know, it's funny. You talked a little bit about playing South Carolina at the end of the season. Of Again, you know, if this happens, it's going to be so strange anyway, the idea that, like, in the past, you'd be like, wow, Mississippi State's, like, are they playing for a bowl game? Are they trying to get the six wins? Or South Carolina trying to get the six wins? But, I mean, this the weird context of, like, and we talk about getting the SEC championship game, getting the college football playoff. I mean, I don't know. kind of feels uh, if you get to the SEC championship game, you may be in the playoff if you win or if you lose it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, if, if, look if, if you have two undefeated SEC teams, and we haven't even begun to talk about other than, like, Hence, when we've been talking about the big picture college football stuff, is there a possibility there's this, they do expand the playoffs a couple of teams? Oh, I don't think. I mean, I mean, again, I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm 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 playing along, but like at a certain yeah, level, no, we're all wish casting here. I mean, but of course, but at a certain level, like like get weird, man. I mean, for crying <laughs> out loud, in baseball, sixteen of the thirty teams are playing, and I'm watching a doubleheader today with the Cardinals. It's going to take like an hour and a half. Like it's just crazy stuff that's going there, on. In are they're, right they're doing seven innings, right? Seven, I actually kind of like I it. I surprised myself a little bit that I kind of like it. I don't know if I want it next year, but I would consider it next year in a way I would have not thought I would have before. And, you know, to me, like, shoot, man, do, do 16 play. I mean, if you're going to have only three conferences playing – do sixteen teams in the playoffs? Who cares, man? Well, this is like in a certain. This is the wacky year when App State makes a national championship game to piss off everybody in <laughs> Boise State, right? I mean, so I got a question. I, I got a question. You mentioned App State. Are they? Who else is playing besides the three power conferences? Are there smaller conferences playing? I think Sunbelt's still hanging on. The right? Sun, I think the Sunbelt, Sun the American, and Conference USA. Um. 
Yeah, the with SEC Shorts had a great one, great, another great one today, where you know that's basically the three power conferences were in a car heading somewhere, and ACC pops up. Hey guys, where you going? <laughs> it's like uh, we've got a place to be. So um, the um, but you know the AAC is playing, uh, so that those would be teams like Houston, Tulane, Memphis. The Sun Belt, which of course are you know, teams basically in, in this footprint, and then the Conference USA teams are playing. Um, so uh, that means you still can get Army Navy uh, the weekend, uh, whenever they have it. I don't know uh, when they're whenever they decide to have it. I assume it's going to be. Well, it can't be in Canada, but I assume it's going to be somewhere where it's <laughs> snowing sideways because that's the way Army Navy yeah. should be played. Uh, that would be a, that would be a very 2020 thing to have the Army Navy game be forced to be played in Canada. <laughs> That feels like the inevitability of all of this, doesn't on it? Air, on an aircraft carrier in Alaska. Um, but, no, it's got to be in Canada. Alaska's still part of this. <laughs> when you're just walking through the schedule, there, there, um, there were a couple of things that jumped out at me. Um, that weekend of Georgia, Florida, uh, that's that's a CBS game. I mean, it, it would have been otherwise, but there's six teams. There are six teams off that weekend. Um, you know the the, the the I think the interesting the most interesting game I, I see have seen so far. The more I think about, it, the more I just like. Okay, yeah, this this kind of intrigues me. Is um, Auburn traveling to Kentucky? Um, uh, Auburn always seems to play to the level of the competition, especially the first game of the season. Um, and Kentucky is uh, they they lost. You know that was Terry Jones, right? Was the um, the fullback turned linebacker turned quarterback or whatever it was. Uh, no, Terry Jones was the quarterback that got hurt. Who was the guy that was their quarterback? That was the like former receiver. Uh, Lynn Bowden. Yeah, Lynn Bowden. Yeah, he's gone. But Terry Jones is back, and they were actually struck in an offense pretty good last year with with Terry with Terry Jones before he hurt his knee. So that's going to be in- a really interesting week one game, and then Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson, not Terry Jones. Um, I'm also going to be interested that first week to see. How Tennessee looks because there's a lot of people that are high on them. I'm um, going against a South Carolina team that, I, I mean, your pandemic aside, Will Muschamp was probably in a do or die season because they're getting they eight and four is no longer good enough for South Carolina. Of course, they were six and something last year. God, I cannot believe that Georgia made them bowl eligible. But that's 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 a that's a that's a, that's a late October grouse if we're if we're talking about you know. But to, to be reading. fair, week one. <laughs> Week one, besides Georgia, Arkansas, the most intriguing one to me is Tennessee, South Carolina, without a doubt. Yeah, I think I think that Kentucky Auburn game is going to be good. That's um, we there was a little Twitter debate about which one's going to be the CBS game that week, and I think it's those two. I think it's Tennessee, South Carolina. Um, God, I'd love for Tennessee to play South Carolina on Thursday night. It'd be so fun. <laughs> think about think about uh, how slow Auburn starts. I mean, there've been games. I remember a game first week in the season, Jacksonville State. Uh, Washington State, Utah State, where they almost crapped the bed. And Kentucky could end up, you know, making Gus, you know, make those faces on, you know, within the second quarter, third quarter of week one. The game's out of hand already. Yeah, I mean, of course, they played Wisconsin a few years ago. Wisconsin ended up playing in the Big Ten Championship, and Auburn was 8-4. and four. So um, it, it's just those are pretty interesting games to me to kick it off. And then, you know, guys – Vanderbilt, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm just sorry. You have to travel to Texas A&M um, with, with 66 players or whatever it is you have. Um, and then, oh, well, let's not even start with Missouri. You having to go back to Alabama again. 
because I think they played. I think they played them last year, right? Well, I, I wrote down an interesting stat. Uh, where is that interesting stat? Yeah, this will be the seventh meeting that Missouri and Alabama have had all time. Uh, only one has been in Tuscaloosa ever. So this is the second time that Alabama's been to Missouri. Uh, they played there in 2018, so they get to come back. The thing that Will has danced around artfully, and, and he is he promised he would be relentlessly positive this time, is... That's why I'm being quiet. Well, I was, was going to make that observation. That's <laughs> your brother does. Um, yes. Kind of the elephant in the corner that we have not talked about is what of and how many of these games get played because when they announced the schedule I had I was a I was a proponent of starting earlier building in a couple of weeks so you could do figure out a way to make up and they do have that weekend at the end to do the makeups um right now it they have given themselves some flexibility by starting later and announcing they're starting later um flexibility I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten Maybe they wish they had. Maybe they didn't wish they had. But it is interesting to me that um, Greg I was listening to Greg Sankey on the SEC Network a minute ago, and um, he has been very clear in his messaging that this is still tentative. Um, that we are that we anticipate playing. We are moving that direction, but um, it is a call that we are not we're not willing to plant our flag in the dirt and say we're definitely doing it and we're not willing to plant our flag in the dirt and say no way we're doing it. Um, which frankly I think is probably the right approach right now. Uh, and we will we will have obviously more data on that in a couple of weeks as students arrive back at the various campuses. Um, some schools have opened up. The University of Georgia opens up on Thursday. And you know it it will be an interesting it'll be an interesting couple of weeks. The look the the thing to look for is not really positive cases coming out by Labor Day. That's going to happen. Uh, the thing really to look at will be how the schools manage the positive cases. And it's not just in the within the football teams. Um, it is also the, the clusters of outbreaks, right? If you have random students getting sick, that's one thing. If you have it spreading through a dorm or through a fraternity house or through an apartment complex, that's a whole different thing. If you have what's happening in if you have what's happening in North Carolina. If you have what's happening at the University of North Carolina, if you haven't haven't heard the University of North Carolina has made the decision that they're going remote for the rest of the semester starting on Wednesday, they essentially had four discrete outbreaks. Uh, at, what, three at residence halls, one at the fraternity house will, uh, or something like that. And um, you know, they went from fifty or sixty cases, known cases on campus to, to uh, a few hundred in the course of a week. Um, look, we have a student body of 30-something thousand students, and Will wrote a great piece uh, actually about um, college students and, and their self-centeredness, and it is dead on what I've been saying all along about, you know, I was 18 to 24 once. Um, so but before we start getting um, tis tis, stay off my lawn, you damn kids, or whatever, however it is you want to frame it, um, I, I, like I said, I think the thing you're going to want to keep in mind as you, as you look at these numbers is understand we are going to have cases at the University of Georgia and these other colleges. You will see more and more pictures of students being students without masks on. That is just something that will happen. Uh, but I think the thing you're looking for is um, as, as cases rise, um, one, you don't have clusters, and two, certainly none of those, you don't have an outbreak in a team. Because I think if you have an outbreak in a team where a team has to shut down practice for two weeks, Labor Day week, um, 
you might be able to get around that. Uh, but if you have to start doing that for a couple of weeks, this isn't like baseball where you can figure out a way to make up four or five games. You miss a game, you miss two games. That's it's 20% of the season. And there's just not a whole lot of room to, to fix that on the back end. Yeah. I think that that's one of the major issues for me is if, even if you do get started and again, we'll see like, Never the, the, as we've seen with baseball, the problem is not so much the outbreaks among a team, though those are going to happen. It's that you don't know if you have an outbreak or not mm-hmm. for like a week. Like that's the difference between the Cardinals and say the Reds. The Cincinnati Reds had a positive test, and so they canceled their next three games. Um, it appears that they isolated that player enough that he did not spread it to anyone else on the team, and so if they're able to get two more days of negative tests. They'll be able to. They'll be able to uh, um, to go back and be able to play and just have him not be there because that was always the idea, right? Like, hey, that's why you have a lot of players. You have a you can move up, but it's not a hamstring, right? And the thing is, is the, the problem with the what happened with the Cardinals was they had it and they thought they'd stopped it. They thought that like, okay, we know how it spread. Those people have been isolated. We went away. And so then they all traveled together. And then sure enough, boom, they all got it nailed. So they had to be extra – more people had it. So they have to be extra, extra cautious. To me, that's the worry about this. If people talk about like, well, what happens if someone tests positive on a Friday? Forget a Friday. What happens if someone tests positive on a Monday? To me, then you don't know do you spread to people while playing against them on Saturday. Like baseball so far has been very fortunate. No one has transferred it to the other team. That has yet to happen. It's a very positive thing for baseball. That feels like it's more likely to happen in football than, than it is in baseball. And so, you know, to me, the whether it starts or whether it doesn't, I think it's fun to, to play this game. But, you know, we can blame the college students. I'm I'm in an Airbnb right now because my house is under construction, and uh, I, it's much closer to Millage. And they're back; <laughs> they are definitely back. We can hear them partying all. We hear them partying all night, all weekend, and whatever. As I wrote Tony, as you pointed out, I'm not mad at college. At a certain level, I cannot say that I would not have been just as much of a dip bleep uh, as as they were uh, when I was in college. But and frankly, it's not like the virus was gone around these parts, and then the college kids showed up. Like it's still around plenty. So uh, I, I'm wary of blaming college kids uh, for this. Uh, uh, for, for if this does not end up happening, it's just a big mess. And uh, I appreciate that they're trying. I, I think that they are, as you said, Tony, it's maybe too early to cancel now because not so much because I think it's going to work out, but because when you cancel now, you get what's happening in the Big Ten. And you get a bunch of people being like, uh, like, why can't we play? Why can't we give this a shot? It feels like the Big Ten is not trying. Now, I would argue the Big Ten has a lot of money on the line. And if they canceled, they canceled for a good reason. But it appears, it feels like the Big Ten isn't trying. And so the SEC is trying. But yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm being positive. I'm being positive, and uh, I would love as much as more than anybody else here if Georgia is playing at Arkansas on September 26th. You talk about being CBS games. I think CBS is going to be able to air a lot of games. <laughs> I think. I think that. I think if you want CBS to pick up your game, this is your year <laughs> because they're going to need a lot of programming. As is, as is ESPN. I wouldn't sweat any SEC Network Plus games. Uh, this year, I think every yeah, everything's going to be everything. Everything's going to be pretty well uh, televised uh, by whoever can get it. Yeah, but it's interesting. I was looking at some of those those games and, and had started in my mind picking out who was, who 
was going to play on what network, and it occurred to me that um, the only the only network that that broadcast, well, besides NBC, of course, would be Fox. And um, you know, so far, you think about the games are on every week. You have a CBS game. You have always have at least one ESPN game, at least one ESPN two game, and then usually there's another game besides the SEC game thrown on on um, ESPN News or ESPN U. Um, and a lot of times there are two games on at the same time, like a noon game. Uh, when you when you look at the schedule, you essentially could block off two two games at each time slot and throw a third game in at prime time every week and um, get plenty of coverage. It's not this isn't going to be a situation where people are going to be digging around trying to figure out uh, what the SEC alternate is this year. Um, which is which is fun, right? I mean, there's going to be, uh, especially since we're more or less likely not going to games, certainly not tailgating. Um, it's time to, to fix those remote batteries, guys, because we got some footballs to watch. Yeah. So, I, a question for for both of y'all: uh, Will there be a percentage of fans allowed in the game? I know our last podcast will pose the question to Tony and me, saying like. Hey, if if you had a ticket and they allowed you, would you go? We were both saying like, yeah, as long as Tony made a very fair point, as long as some dude doesn't move down behind me and everything. But at this point, what do y'all think? Do you think they will try to let them be allowed or you think they'll just go, nope, we're just going to do like baseball and not do fans? Uh, I, I think that uh, the boxes are going to have people in them <laughs> uh, one way or the other, no matter what, because those guys give too much money uh, not to get in there somehow. Um, for my money, um, I mean, what's the best way to put this without sounding negative? Um, if they're going to go ahead and just play, you might as well let fans in at that point. <laughs> like, if you're going to play through... Uh, what looks like maybe going on, uh, you're already throwing so much caution to the wind, then, I mean, you might as well let them in. <laughs> and, uh, and make it, I, I feel like at that point, any cautiousness is, the, is theatrical and performative because uh, uh, if, you're, if you were really cautious, you probably wouldn't be playing football this year. And so uh, if you're not going to, it seems weird for college football to say, uh, uh, we're going to play through this seemingly impossible situation. Uh, if they, if they, I'll put it this way, if they get through the million hurdles to be able to actually play this year, I mean, fans at that point, like uh, maybe we've got a vaccine <laughs> at that point because uh, uh, it feels like if they make it that far, uh, they're they're not going to be hesitant or risk averse at that point. Yeah, I think I, I agree with Will, although I'm not going to frame it quite that way, that, uh, that that's throwing caution to the wind. Although, however they decide, they've got to decide pretty quickly when we're working inside six weeks now soon to be five weeks before the season kicks off and well, you know, how many ever weeks until Auburn? So six weeks until Auburn is here. Um, and you, you both have to message. It's interesting to me. They haven't made that decision yet. Um, one and two, that whatever messaging that has come out has been um, at best speculative and uh, vague. So they, I think, I think it's, I think it's important to note that they are leaving themselves room to not have made broad proclamations. 
Um, I also think it's interesting that Atlanta Falcons, for example, today decided that they would not have fans in the stadium, at least through September. Um, now, obviously, there are different dynamics in play with the Falcons than, than, than the Georgia Bulldogs and other college teams. But um, I, I think I agree with Will that if you arrive at the decision that whatever risks are, that are there, you are willing to tolerate them to allow a game to happen, um, there are risks that you can tolerate to allow some fans in the stadium. Well, we might be getting a nice refund. Uh, <laughs> you would think, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah, maybe. Penn, Penn State fans yeah, thought that we'll too. Maybe we'll get our donation that we handed to them freely back. Maybe. Maybe. So, all right, Scott, you have some trivia for us. No. Well, I, I don't have trivia. I just had some interesting facts, but I was going to ask you uh, one about the, the, the rest, the, like the second half of the year of the TV schedules. But then, really, my biggest question is what do you think about Auburn, Alabama, and the Egg Bowl not being the last? weekend of the season is it just is it no big deal because it's still thanksgiving weekend yeah and I, they I think, added a week? i think i think doing that that weekend just makes just makes the most sense um yeah i'd been thinking all along that you were going to end up with almost all those teams keeping their thanksgiving weekend um games and that we, I, I had, I thought for a long time that it would be Georgia, Florida Thanksgiving weekend, frankly, because. Oh, you, you look, tweeted about it. Right. So if you look, <laughs> well, I, I originally thought, oh, God, they're going to put this at the end of the season. I mean, I thought that if they started doing this. But I would have, two weeks ago, I would have said it makes sense that uh, essentially, if you look at it this way, you have traditional matchups for that weekend already. And then you have four teams that are, that are faced against SEC in state opponents in South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. And Kentucky. Well, if you if you look at that weekend, um, you know Georgia's playing South Carolina, Florida's playing Kentucky. Um, now they still had to they still had to you know figure out what to do with with Texas A and M, you know Ella and Texas A and M uh, and LSU. Uh, maybe that game was the one that's already scheduled. Who was it? Miss, was maybe at Missouri. I was trying to remember who it was. Now, that game was already scheduled because that game was going to be at Arrowhead, and I assume it's going to be in Columbia now. Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be in Columbia. So, uh, you know, the Egg Bowls that weekend. Um, I, I think the one that is – I think the overarching thing that is most interesting to me about that last week is it, it returns to the theme that we started with in that Alabama faces Arkansas. Florida has probably the toughest matchup that weekend with Tennessee. Georgia plays Vanderbilt. LSU plays Ole Miss. Um, and then, you know, AM Auburn's probably probably a, a pretty tough matchup. But if you look at the top, um, the teams that uh, a lot of smart people think are probably going to win the divisions, they do have easier games, at least on paper, in August that last weekend. Um and that is that feels a lot like some t- Big Twelve scriptwriter stuff right there to me, and I'm fine with that. I am perfectly fine rolling into Vanderbilt, uh, or rolling with Vanderbilt coming into Athens, and uh, having a weekend where I'm not just. It's either it's either a foregone conclusion then probably, uh, either way, and I'm fine with that. Um, one thing, Scott, you talked about uh, whether they'd be letting fans in. If they do let fans in, it's certainly going to be weird. That on October 10th they will be at home, and their next game in Athens will be November 21st. 
It was funny. It will be a month and eleven days. It was in funny between home you, is that you mentioned that because when they were calling, when they were doing the schedule, when they took that break uh, before they did the open date, when they they listed Kentucky, um, my first thought was. Will's going to bump on the fact that, that Georgia's out of – they're going to be out of town <laughs> for five straight weeks, right? Or not not in Athens for five straight Because it always seems like we get that on every other year anyway, yeah. that we end up with a long stretch of time where we have to go to Missouri, then we have to go to Ole Miss, then we have to go to Kentucky, or we have to go to Tennessee, or wherever it is we have to go. Um, it, it has felt like recently we have spent large blocks of October not in oh, Athens. Yeah, With the best weather of the year – you're not yeah, playing at home. That's so crazy. So, yeah. um, question: uh, What does this do for 2021 schedules? Uh, does it does it mean that Georgia plays Arkansas again next year? Because they're on the rotation. I mean, I think assuming yeah. assume, assuming in, in real in, that we're back to whatever normal is, um, probably. I mean, I'd, I I I mean. The conference has been very clear that this is a one-off. We, we're we're doing this without regard to what's coming up or what has happened. Yeah, this is prison rules. This is prison, it's prison rules. rules. That's exactly right. Everybody get theirs. Uh, another question. Do you, either one of y'all, see like uh, some kind of upstart uh, SEC team to make a run, kind of like how the Orioles have 14 wins in Major League Baseball already, and they're in second place? Ohio State? Does Ohio State count? No, um, no. Uh, it's hard to say, man. Like it's like it is. It is. It's just. I. I, I it's so hard because also like you're still going to have people. Because I, I. I thought. By the way, one thing we didn't talk about. By the way, is that Georgia seems to have had no players to opt out. That was something that Kirby Smart said in his press conference. Like, no players opt out, which I have to say is surprising and I would argue even impressive. Right? Like the. I. I was expecting a couple people to opt out. I, I would perhaps still expect a couple people to opt out if it actually gets going. Maybe it's a little bit too early to say that. <laughs> maybe if you're thinking of opting out, you're like, maybe they'll just opt out for me <laughs> before we get there. Maybe you're holding off on that. But I did find it interesting that, that George didn't have anybody opting out. I, I think Kevin Mays folding chairs undefeated. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so really just a couple of uh, interesting quirks that I uh, found. Uh, this will be the third time since uh, Missouri and Texas A&M joined in 2012, that Florida has played Texas A&M. They are going back to College Station. They played the very first, uh, I guess, crossover game when Texas A&M came into the league in uh, September of 2012, and they're going back. And this was not an added game. Oh, yes, it was an added game for Florida, so they're going back a couple years early. But still, I found that interesting as a schedule quirk because Georgia just now played Texas A&M Last year, and it's going to be forever. Well, maybe not until they go back. Um, Vanderbilt and Texas A&M have had two uh, previous meetings. Texas A&M won both of them by a combined 81 to 24. Um, Auburn and Kentucky are playing this year. Kentucky won against Auburn in 2009. Their overall record is 26, 6, and 1. And before 09, the previous victory that Kentucky had versus Auburn was 1966. Uh, Florida and Ole Miss. Can you tell me who leads that series? Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I was going to pick Ole Miss. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, Ole Miss leads the series 12, 11, and 1. So maybe Florida can get even 
with Ole Miss this year. It'll with, be with, ex- the last, with the last time they played was that the Atibo speech game. I think it's been yeah, but then I mean, but they're going yeah. I think you're right because the previous no because the last time they played in Oxford was 13 years ago. But yeah, I don't know how old is Tim Tebow. I don't even know. That was like 06, 07. You can look that up. Uh, uh, Alabama, Missouri, I already went through that. Uh, Kentucky uh, is playing Alabama this year. And in 40 meetings, has never won in Alabama. And yes, Kentucky is going to Alabama. So you can probably chalk that up as a loss. Um, they've been playing since 1917. And so, that yeah, Kentucky's never beat Alabama in uh, Alabama. Missouri... Um, they lost 42 to seven, four years ago at LSU and they get to go back to LSU. Thanks to the SEC adding Missouri, having to go to LSU and then, uh, Missouri, no, I'm sorry, Mississippi and South Carolina, their all time series is eight and eight. So they'll be battling for, uh, a one up on the other. Yep. They will. Yeah, just to just to loop that back in, uh, Gaines uh, they Ole Miss lost in Gainesville in fifteen, but yeah, the the Tim Tebow speech game was in two thousand eight. So, not the last time, but it would it would do me good to see the Rebel Bears win. It would do me good to watch college football. It would. I, we can definitely all agree on that. Well, unless we hear word from the SEC, I guess we have to start planning out. Conference, conference review and position reviews. It's crazy. We've been dancing around this for three months, but um, <laughs> I mean, if they're gonna, if they're gonna at least pretend to play, we should pretend to podcast. Some people would say <laughs> we've been doing that a while, but yeah, that's true. That's true. At last, they're meeting. They're at last. They're meeting us at the level that we have been at the entire time. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I um, just appreciate our effort tonight. Yes, yes. I feel like I didn't bring it entirely tonight because no, I was really were, just trying. You were excellent tonight, Will. I was really trying to be as like, yes, these are <laughs> games that will be played. That is correct. Yay, Those are schedule. things that are going to happen. Yeah. Yes. And listen, whatever. I don't want to be a jerk. Like, I, you know, I want it. I want this. I, For the record, I want this to happen. I wish that things would have been done far previous to now that would make me feel more confident about them happening than I do right now. I mean, Will, actually, you sound a lot like me going out in college. I had $20 in my pocket. You never know what the night's going to bring. Would have been better if I'd started working out a year before, so I look better than I did before ten o'clock going out on Friday night. Sure, but I'm still going if out. I, if, yeah, if if I don't look at the receipt on the ATM, who knows how much money I have? I could have a lot if I just don't look. I could have a lot of money in there, so I just won't look, and I, everything's going to be fine. Well, it's, I would like to still give a checks. plug. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. When am I going to go in that gas station again? Right. <laughs> well, I, on this note, I would like to give all of our listeners a plug to go subscribe to Will's newsletter, WilliamFLeach.substack.com. I subscribed to it, and I really enjoyed his newsletter from Saturday that showed up in my inbox because it's just the perfect type of writing for what we're going through right now. And, Will, I didn't send you an email or anything, but I thought that was very, just like, it's just real. And it's just it was perfectly put. So, uh, yeah, go subscribe to his newsletter. Thank you. 
The, the general idea was uh, uh, occasionally some politics sneaks in there. So I apologize to everyone on that one. But that one was not politics related because I don't think that it's really about kind of what we're all going through. And the, if I may have a, if it's a thesis statement of that, it's and I will. And this is the best thing I can give to everyone right now. Um, nobody is at their best right now. No one is at their best right now. And so I think uh, uh, I'm very, very tired, even while I get frustrated at those people. I'm really tired of people sticking their fingers and pointing at someone going on a rant uh, about this store shouldn't wear masks. You're all you're all sheep and so on. And like people are like those people are wrong, but also things are really hard right now. And a lot of people are kind of cracking up a little bit. And so I feel like. Maybe we should all be empathetic to people because uh, really if you see anyone or talk to anyone right now, they're going through one of the more difficult times in their life. I feel like – and that is not to say that like there are not some moments of joy and there are some not, not some moments of goodness. And I've enjoyed sitting and talking to you guys about stratomatic football games tonight. <laughs> I've enjoyed being able to do that with you. Uh, so I'm going to take that positive thing out of it. But uh, – uh, but it's a hard time, uh, really, for everyone right now. And um, I think it's important for us all to remember that uh, when you see people perhaps not acting the best. And when I get my newsletter, Consortium Being Weekly, going, um, yeah, I'll, I'll lead off with a pinky yes. finger. Just a little short tip of an article. <laughs> Um, all right, gents. Well, I did enjoy this, uh, and you never know. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll pull it off. And if not, listen, uh, we will. If not, we will have, pick a podcast. The NFL is definitely going to try to play. I don't know if college football is going to pull it off, but the NFL is going to start one way or the other. The NFL is going to start. Maybe it will finish, and maybe it won't, but it will start. And so, for the record, just in case, we'll talk Falcons a, Cardinals. Yeah, have a backup. Have a backup NFL team. Uh, just in case. I'll have you know, by the way, my article for New York Magazine tomorrow is actually a very positive article about sports, about now, yes, there's a political angle to it. Sorry. But like, I would argue sports so far uh, for all the negativity about whether baseball should play or whether they should do all this is actually working pretty well. I know the Cardinals had their outbreak, but other than the Cardinals outbreak, which is now under control and they're playing and, and ahead of the Cubs in game two of a doubleheader that they won game one of, um, not that I'm watching that as well uh, right now, but they've had one positive test in basically three weeks. And that's a non-bubbled sport. And the NBA's had no positive tests. The NHL's had no positive tests. So I kind of went through the reasons as to why that's happening maybe some lessons that could have been learned from the federal government in this situation, but we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, we'll just say that uh, uh, I I feel like there are, uh, if there's one thing I can be positive about college football, I feel like the reasons that I am doubtful that college football are going to play are less about football and more about college uh, would be the best way to put that. Agreed. Otherwise, let's watch some football in... A month and 11 days. Then we have enough time until there's the first game that there will be between games at Sanford Stadium this year. So think of it that <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I miss you guys. I love you. Uh, wave to Robert, by the way. I've, enjoy- I've enjoyed uh, 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 Robert popping on Twitter. He's been a fun Twitter run. Uh, uh, Robert's the best. Shout out to Robert Wolf. I-, I love Robert Wolf to death, even though he is wrong about so many <laughs> <laughs> He's good people. Pour some out for Robert. He definitely is. He definitely is. All right, everyone. Be safe. Uh, and and, and uh, fingers crossed that we get close enough to actually do some positional previews. Amen. Otherwise, go dogs. Go dogs.
And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at WSLS Podcast for both of those platforms. And keep up with any Georgia Bulldogs college football news. And if you've been living in 2020, you know things come at you fast this year. And what you might think is happening today could be completely upended tomorrow. So following us might keep you more informed. The dogs kick off in about five weeks. And as things progress, we'll be planning more shows to discuss the latest news. And hopefully, we'll be doing a Georgia versus Arkansas pregame show sometime the week of September 20th. Until then, stay safe out there, be kind to your fellow man, woman, child, and bulldog, and we'll see you on campus sometime in the near future. And as always, go dogs.